You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast. This is your host, John B. from gangrenenation.com. Great to be with you today here on Tuesday, March 10th, 2020. Welcome back to our listener spotlight series here on the Locked On Jets podcast. And today I'm very excited because I actually have a fellow podcaster with me. We have Axel, who is with the DVR Podcast Network. Axel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, John. I am a longtime listener. I make my breakfast every morning listening to you talk about the New York Jets. I'm right now wearing my Wesley Walker jersey, and I'm ready to talk, baby. I, I love it. I, it reminds me of somebody on WFAN saying, like, longtime listener, first-time caller. Oh, man. I love the show. I can't. I love the whole Locked On Network. I'm gonna shill for it right away when the playoffs come. I subscribe to every playoff team. I listen to Locked On NFL every day. I listen to Locked On Jets every day. And on the off season, if something's happening with another team, I'll subscribe to that team's Locked On show. I think it's a great network, and I especially, of course, love your show about my beloved New York Jets. Well, I appreciate that, and I think my bosses at the Locked On Podcast Network also appreciate that. I think you probably did a better job advertising for the network than I've ever done with that. Um, and I, it is worth reminding you that this is a pod, when I say, I say this every day, it's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is a network of podcasts. Every team in professional sports and a lot of college teams have their own pod, daily podcast, so be sure to check them out. Uh, anyway, Axel, you mentioned wearing a Wesley Walker jersey. When did you start rooting for the Jets? Well, actually, I did, I did a little research, and I was looking up when, uh, when the Jets moved to New York, I mean moved to New Jersey, I should say, at Giants Stadium, and that was 1984, my dad somehow won. Maybe it was in a bed, a card game. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's New Jersey, right? Uh, he got tickets and we had a section, what was it, 120 or 115 right behind the end zone, uh, not where they come out, but the other end zone. And uh, he got those tickets when they moved, and I wasn't a big football fan. And the first time I went to a football game was the Giants versus the Rams. And I think that was in 1983 when I was nine. And I started getting involved in football, and then he was selling the tickets for the first part of the 84 season. And then it was the end of the 84 season that I started going to games and being a New York Jet fan, which I am till today, but I went to games from 1984 to like the early 2000s. That's great. Do you remember the first Jets game you went to? Uh, you know, I don't. I, I remember a ton of experiences, but I was looking through the games, and I think I know I was, I'm pretty sure I was at, some of the end of eight, like 84, definitely 85, I was there for pretty much the whole season. But um, it was the whole uh, Ken O'Brien, Wesley Walker, Freeman McNeil, Johnny Hector, that whole crew was how I came to be a Jet fan. This is interesting because the first Jet season I remember is 93. And I think our first couple of listener spotlight episodes, we've had people who have become fans 
after I did. So it's interesting to have somebody who can talk about that era before I became a fan. So what were some of your favorite memories from that era in the 80s? Oh, man, you know, I was so young and the Jets-Giants rivalry was a big part of my childhood. Um, you know, the Jets were kind of high-flying with Kenny O'Brien, Kenny and the Jets, and Al Toon, Wesley Walker, JoJo Townsell, Kurt Sohn, all those great names. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I just remember going to games at the stadium and sitting next to guys smoking cigars and bets going up and down the aisles. Um, you know, it was, it was just so many, I, I, I've been a part, I mean, let's see, I was at, let's see, I was at the Miami overtime game in 86 when, uh, when Ken O'Brien hit Wesley Walker for those touchdowns, which I'm sure everyone remembers. Um, that was probably, that's probably the game I remember more than anything else is that game because I, after that game, I would never let my dad leave. So no matter how far behind the Jets were, I was sitting there in the stadium until the game was totally over. Um, Cause at that game, he actually made me leave and we were outside of the gates when he hit Walker to tie the game. And then everybody came running back in and unlike today, where I'm sure that they would be like, if you leave, you can't come back in. They just opened up the gates and everyone came rushing in. And also everyone in the parking lot came rushing in. So there were more people in the stadium at the end of that game than during the game because they just opened up the gates. And it was absolutely amazing. And I watched him. Uh, we ran around. I think we we're on the other side and saw him score the touchdown like standing on the like the mezzanine area looking down not even in a seat and it was just so exciting that's an amazing story and that that reminds me my aunt and uncle in the early 90s moved to buffalo and so this is not jets related and i maybe i'll upset some people to tell them that some of my family members were buffalo bills fans but i remember the, the my uncle told telling me this story about how he was at the buffalo bills big comeback against houston in the playoffs i think it was 92 93 and it was very similar where people left in the third quarter and they were like coming back in the fourth quarter um let me ask you this when we talk about comebacks and the, the time frame you laid out were you at the monday night game against miami in 2000 yes i was I was and, for those of, friend. and for those of you who, who aren't familiar with it, it's called the Monday Night Miracle. The Jets were down 30-7 to seven in the fourth quarter of that game and came back to win it. So how, what are some of your memories from that game? Uh, just euphoria. I mean, it's so, you know, it all kind of melds together. Um, but that was just the time at which you kind of felt like they could do anything, you know, and there was just a feeling in the stadium of camaraderie and everybody just, you know, excited. It was just an amazing game. And especially because it was the Dolphins. Um, and I was also at the, uh, the fake spike game. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> 94 dude. So, and I was, I was just talking about it with my friend. Um, 
Marino did this little thing, and you can see it on the tape, you watch, where he just kind of looked weird for a second. And that was right in front of my seats. And everybody in the stands was yelling, he's not spiking it. So it, it was such a weird thing that that's remembered for like the Jets. Oh, you know, he fooled everybody. But I even think the guys on the field, some of them picked up on it. But I'll never forget that. That was so to then years later, I guess that was 94. And then the Monday Night Miracle was 2000. So like six or so years later to see him in another big game. And of course, that Wesley Walker game was the Dolphins too. The Dolphins do play heavily in my memories of the Jets games. Oh man, I remember the I remember the 94 game because there are a couple of things people forget about. The first is that the Jets were, I think the Jets were up 24 to six in that game. And the Marino fake spike was like the culmination of this collapse. And then also after that, I think that game was like for first place in the AFC East. And after that, the Jets did not win another game the rest of the year. And then they brought in Rich Kotite and went four and 28. So that game was just kind of the start of a very dark period uh, for the Jets. Have you been able to go to any games recently? Now, I know you're not in the New York area anymore. No, you know, my, my, um, my actual stadium going story begins when they move there and ends with the new stadium. A couple of years before they moved into the stadium, I, I was like, I, I think I was just not as involved with going to games for whatever reason. And then my dad decided to sell the tickets when they moved to the new, to MetLife. So we don't have our tickets anymore. So I haven't been to a game since like, yeah, the early 2000s. What's the last game you have a memory of going to? Um, the last game that I really remember is the playoff game against the Jaguars in 99. Now, I know that, of course, the Monday Night Miracle was after that and everything, but that's the game. I, don't know, I guess it's because I went with my sister, Amy, and we had fun. And that was the time at which you would go over those big they call them, I guess, like cow catchers, like where you would go over the different highways and everyone would be like, you know, like shoulder to shoulder and just cheering. And it was just insane. That was such an amazingly fun game. And that was, of course, a time at which there was a lot of hope. Um, didn't turn out, but hey, that was pretty good. The divisional round, right? Yeah, it was a it was a great win. Then the next week against Denver was a little difficult, and then I remember all the excitement in the '99 off season. It all went down the drain the first week. Yeah, I think the first half of the first game the next year, Jets were a team that had a lot of the Super Bowl buzz, and then Vinny Testaverde got hurt, and things kind of fell apart. Although that the end of the 99 season, they did go on a nice little run to salvage things a little bit with Ray Lucas playing quarterback. I remember. Yeah. Ray Lucas, I'm a Rutgers grad. So I was always, uh, and he's still doing broadcasting. I like him. How do you find, uh, following the team from a distance? Uh, you know, it's funny. Um, I think, uh, that, it's it's a little bit difficult. You know, I wear my, uh, I'm kind of like, I guess, the Kevin Smith of football. I've got my Wesley Walker jersey that my wife gave me for Christmas. So I've been wearing it all the time. And I think most people out here just think it's like an off-brand Oregon jersey or something like that. They don't even register. Um, I think the Jets have, 
there was a bit of a following. I lived in North Carolina for a while. I moved out of Jersey or I was living in New York uh, for a year or two in what was it? 2007. So it's been a, it's been a while. Um, but I think, you know, unfortunately, the Jets do, as we just saw with the Curb episode, and we actually, we cover Curb on my podcast network, Curb Your Podcast, little plug there. Um, they just had the episode where the Jets killed Carl, and I don't know, if did you see that? I have the weirdest TV viewing habits is I wait for like the entire season of Curb to come out on Amazon, and I kind of binge watch it. So I did not, I did hear about it though. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we were just talking about that. And that is kind of, I mean, unfortunately, that's where you go, like in North Carolina or here in Oregon, the kind of, you know, the, the, when I tell people I'm a Jets fan, they're kind of like, oh, really? <laughs> you know, like, okay, you know, good for you. You know, nice try. And I just, you know what? I don't care, though. I am always proud to be a Jets fan. I love the New York Jets. Um, I'm not particularly happy with the team right now. Uh, I think that we may agree about many things that are going on, especially the coach and maybe all the way up to the ownership, but uh, I'm going to stick with them. You know, uh, I still, I represent and I, and I speak positively on the jets when I get the opportunity to. What else can you do? Who, what team is most popular out in Oregon? Since they don't, I know they don't have an NFL team currently. So, is there any team, or is it just kind of a mix uh, across the league? The Seahawks. In, uh, I guess that makes sense because they're, uh, they're, I guess they're the Pacific Northwest team. Yeah, that's about three and a half, four hours, I guess, from uh, from Portland to Seattle. But mostly, it's college. You know, that's the thing, man. The thing I realized when I moved out of Jersey and New York is that in the rest of the country, college football and college basketball, college sports in general are so big. And oftentimes, you know, even when I lived in um, North Carolina, I lived in Durham. It's not too close to the Panthers, but it wasn't like it was Panther country. You know, there was a lot of Steelers fan, Cowboys fan. You always find freaking Steelers and Cowboys fans everywhere. Um, but it's really college out here. It's college. The ducks and the beavers, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ducks and the beavers. Yep. So uh, you mentioned a little bit about you know some apprehension with the current coach, but what are your overall views on the state of the Jets? Uh, not good. I am not very excited. I wish I could be more excited. I was really excited when Le'Veon Bell came onto the team, mostly because I thought that they could utilize him as a great receiver. Um, and that just didn't happen. I am not a fan of Gase. When they hired Gase, I was like, oh man, my hands were in my head. I was just, I was not happy. That was my worst case scenario. And unfortunately, I think it's played out that way. It just doesn't, you know what, man? It just doesn't feel good. You know, it, it feels like he's out to kind of go after different players or he has an agenda on what kind of offense he wants to run. And he's just not, he's not organic. And, you know, I wasn't, I know Bowles didn't do too good, but I, I felt like at least there was kind of a spirit where I liked the guy. And uh, I just don't feel that way right now. You know, uh, it's unfortunate. Though I love Darnold. 
Yeah, and I, I think I would argue that Jets fans should be positive right now. And I will admit, like I think I don't think Gase is any good, but I feel like there there is some reason for optimism going forward. And I get it. You know, if we've missed the playoffs nine straight years, so it's frustrating. But the way I almost look at it is like things have to even out at some point, and it's really hard to be. I mean, at some point things have to turn around. And we've got the quarterback, we've got this new GM, you know, and like, I mean, a lot of my frustration, like, I, I still think a coaching change is probably going to need to happen for the Jets to like get where we really want to go. But I feel like there are some signs that they're finally, finally pointing up for this team. Now, you know, maybe I'll be thinking differently if I don't love what they do in free agency in the next couple of weeks, but this guy, like everybody likes this GM and the quarterback, I think has a lot of potential. So I feel like things are even even with the coach. Like I kind of feel like we should be hopeful heading into this off season. Uh, you know what, man? I mean, look, I'm a Jets fan, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna grasp on to your positivity. <laughs> I'm gonna I'll try to ride that into the season. I I I do like Douglas. Um, uh, let's let's see what happens coming up with this free agency, the draft, and the off season, and see how that works out. Because this is really his opportunity to make a mark on the team. He came in under like weird auspices after the coaches. It was just you know, I, I just I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that you're right. And I, and like I said last season, when when people asked me, well, what do you think about the Jets? I felt. I was like, the players are going to have to win in spite of the coaches. And for the defense, it seemed like they gelled. But for the offense, I just hope that Darnold isn't taking steps back because he's a young kid. You know, like you think about it, wouldn't he just be graduating now? Yes. Or, yeah, he would be in this year's draft class. He's actually younger than Joe Burrow. Yep. So that's that's the thing that I, you know... I'm just concerned of is is Darnold being guided in the right way and having confidence because I think a lot of his game comes from confidence. You know, he's gifted athletically and I think he's intelligent, but you know, anyone who played sports knows you you have to be in that zone and you have to be confident. And if you're seeing ghosts, you know, you're not going to be confident. Yeah, and that was a tough game for him. I, I always argue, though, that that statement was taken so far out of context because, oh, you know, he was just saying, like, he was having a t like, the Patriots were fooling him, and that's, that's every quarterback has. I mean, I heard quarterbacks after that game come out and say, like, look, you have games where the defense just tricks you. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't – I didn't fault him. And also, that was kind of like, you know, like, why are they broadcasting that? <laughs> you know I mean? like, yeah, oh, yeah. They're always so careful about what they broadcast, but then they broadcast that, you know, it's like, it's the Jets. So, you know, they think they, so it's like, whatever, we'll show them in the end. Well, that's know? what it is. The looking fruit is just put something out there that lets people make fun of the Jets. I mean, that's, uh, that's the way the media works sometimes. True. True. Yeah. That goes back to the, to the origin of um, my fandom. And I think that's where my love for the Jets comes from because like I said, my first game was actually a Giants game against the Rams, and I wasn't really into football. And I said to my dad, I was like, isn't there another team in New York? Because I just, there was something about the Jets where 
they they just kind of you know just keep it clean and keep playing and uh that that kind of spirit we gotta we gotta we gotta keep that going into the uh into the new season you know the jets always seem to take the knocks but you know you can't complain you got to try to win on the field absolutely so before we go axel you did mention that you are part of the dvr podcast network so that's a podcast network that reviews tv shows yeah i started a a bunch of friends and i started uh podcasting about lost i had a show called lost mythos my friend heath had a show lost revisited and um you know when game of thrones came out we continued podcasting with podcast winterfell and a couple of years ago uh we moved to portland and i'm a stay-at-home dad so uh i i take care of my son and do the home stuff and then i do the podcasting we cover we're doing better call Saul, the bachelor westworld theory cast westworld is coming up we do a whole bunch of different shows so uh check us out at dvrpodcast.com all right well axel thank you so much for joining us today this was a wonderful chat well thank you man and once again i just want to go out by giving you more praise because i know how hard it is to do a podcast by yourself and you do an excellent job i i did it for a while i was when i first started uh the network and i was doing the show uh daily dvr which is kind of our master feed and i would just do shows by myself and sometimes i would record like 15 minutes and i just scrap it and i just start again you know and it's really difficult so thank you for doing this every day you've got a great show and the whole network is fantastic well you know the funny thing is the thing that i always stumble on is just the intro where i t- with the same thing i say every single day about how you could subscribe to the show and leave it like for whatever reason like that takes four takes every day whereas once i get rolling like i very rarely have to stop it's it, it, it can you imagine anything like that <laughs> i know it's just that's but that you know what yeah once you get rolling though you, you can have fun with it but you do a it great is. job every well, day thank you, you. What, what i what worries me is one day i'm gonna like forget to cut out the expletive after i screw up telling everybody to subscribe to the podcast and then that we'll have scandal all over the internet oh no more jet scandal that's right yeah <laughs> anyway axel thank you so much for joining us today thank you and thank you for listening hope you have a great tuesday everybody we'll chat again tomorrow